0: Steel Curtain Network. Of peaking,
1: of peaking, of Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network. It's time for another Steelers Preview Podcast. Joining me as always, Dave Schofield and Brian Davis. Dave, what's going on? How are you? Uh,
0: not much, Jeff. It's a little bit different because we're closer to normal time. Uh, on a thursday night but uh it'll just be the month of february where we'll be off a little bit and then uh maybe we'll be back on schedule come march
1: yes it's a good programming note
2: brian davis what's up hey guys i'm so glad to be here as always do you believe that it's february weren't we just like talking about black friday and shopping and all this stuff
1: we were and it just goes to show me how the NFL is is run by geniuses and how they they leave very few gaps in the schedule. So when you think about, you know, this weekend there's nothing. Next weekend is the Super Bowl and then you only have a couple weeks until the new league year starts, free agency and that's a lot of fun and it makes it easy to cover the the league but at the same time man, they're smart. They know what they're doing for sure. It's a billion dollar organization for a reason. And we have a lot to talk about here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Arthur Smith. We know everyone's talked about him on this platform. Let me ask you this question first, Dave, because you and I talked on the breaking news podcast. Mm-hmm. What do you think's holding up this becoming official? I Wondering the same thing. I was actually going to ask you guys that at
0: some point <laughs> here. Uh, Cause yeah, I'd kind of like to have that article put out there that it's official. Yeah. Uh, Is it because Tomlin's – I mean, I I was going to say maybe because Coach Tomlin's down at the the Senior Bowl. But to me, wouldn't you rather have your OC ready to go and doing some of these other things? Just because – maybe they want to do a press conference with him that Tomlin will be there for. But they they could announce the signing without doing the press conference. Other than him just maybe not coming to sign it, but – I know there's still fact machine machines out there that they can do these kind of things and, and and electronically sign stuff. I really
2: don't know what they're waiting for.
1: Yeah. Brian, what's your take on that? What's take, what's the holdup on this becoming official with Arthur Smith to the Steelers?
2: At this moment, this is my very first public comment about Arthur Smith. I have not commented on oh, That's Bird right. Network he hasn't had a head. show
0: that's
2: anywhere right. else yet. Uh you know, I'm gonna blame it on what I blame everything on, especially this time of year, the Puppy Bowl. I think uh, more people are concerned about the build-up for that than anything else. So I guess we just have to be patient as we get ready for that monumental day. But you know, I, I like Dave's answer with the Senior Bowl as well. Uh, you know, I know the Steelers are uh, prominent down there. I'm not completely sure but this doesn't uh, this means nothing. Um this is not going to be a Tyson Alo situation. There's it's not going to be uh, he's not going to change his mind. I completely uh don't think that's going to happen or a Bill Belichick situation where he changes his mind and gets traded. Uh so, no I think I think everything's going to be fine but it's just uh y- you know, this, I have a feeling that this got out a whole lot quicker than the Steelers wanted it to get out.
1: It's possible. And well, well I, I always remind myself that Dave, you, always say to me when free agency starts and you hear like Akella Witherspoon signed a two-year deal. And I kept on saying, but he hasn't signed the deal yet. It's not official. It's not official. And Dave's like, well, ah, he's got to get to Pittsburgh. He's got to sign the paperwork. They want to do the pictures. They would do all that stuff. Maybe that's the same situation here. I don't think they're going to do all the pictures with Arthur Smith, but still they might want to have him in front of the media with the senior bowl. They might just want to wait until after the weekend could happen on Monday. Heck it could happen tomorrow on Friday. Who knows? Um, Yeah. I don't know. We'll see Dave. What were you going to say?
0: I was going to say, what did Brian say? You did not worry. What what was your exact phrase that it's, about, you know, don't, don't worry about it or, or, or don't, I can't remember exactly what you said, but uh, for, for, the, for a portion of Steelers nation, if it didn't get done, that would be the, that would, that is what they'd be looking for. That's true. Um, I, I still don't understand it, but it's just, it's one of those things that, If you like it, you're going to focus on the positive. If you don't like it, you're going to focus on the negative. And if you live where most of the rest of us do, you're going to look at, take them both in and then see what happens.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, Brian, is there any, I I totally forgot. You haven't had an opportunity to talk about it. Is there anything you wanted to bring up about Arthur Smith that you like, didn't like anything indifferent?
2: I, you know, I like this. I like the fact that. Boy, they destroyed the Ravens back in what was that 2019? And he was one of the uh he helped construct that offense. And I look back at a guy that was an underwhelming quarterback sit drafted high in the first round. I believe could have been number seven overall. I'm not sure where Tannehill I, I think it was seven. It was eighth. Okay. Yeah, because I
0: had to look, I looked it up for stat geek.
2: <laughs> and and he was a Pro Bowl quarterback under Arthur Smith, with a running game that dominated. So, you know, everybody's going to put their own narratives out here because there's always that green grass elsewhere, should have done this, should have done this. I, I think they got the guy that they wanted, and they got the guy that kind of fits the personnel that they have, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I'm looking at the fact that, Okay, a lot of people feel that Kenny Pickett is underwhelming, and I don't necessarily, but we do want to see more out of him. Well, he got more out of uh, Ryan Tannehill. He also took a number 22 from the University of Alabama and played to his strengths like crazy. Well, guess what? The Steelers have a number 22 from the University of Alabama and can play to his strengths as well. How many times have we heard, Man, I wish the Steelers would bring back the fullback. Well, you might be seeing a fullback back in the fold. Hey, rumor has it there's there's a person with long hair at a Hertz rent a car right now that is Rosie Nix. You know, oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. Well, laughs> I thought you were going to say that was Derek Watt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it could be anybody. <laughs> that picture is awesome, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, you know it's it's one of those things it's this is the guy you've been asking for but the name's not sexy you know this is not that that beautiful hire and the people that are shouting right now should have waited for clint kubiak you didn't know who clint kubiak was last week you know some of you not all of you but uh all i'm saying is we we always want that other guy, and now this is the narrative that this is Tomlin's hire. Look, I, let's see it play out because this is kind of what we've been asking for, but it's just not the glitz and glamour. Not not something that you're going to put up on a uh, you're not going to put up on on a sign and lights.
1: Well, before Dave goes, let me say something. I don't know where everyone gets this image that. Arthur Smith's offense is so archaic and old and old fashioned. You know, Dave did an entire podcast this morning on the stat geek. I mean, talk about diving into numbers, but let me give you the surface level. Let me give you the tip of the iceberg. And in terms of what Dave said on the breaking news podcast, which goes back to the two years that Arthur Smith was the coordinator at Tennessee for the Titans. This was prior to being hired as the head coach of the Falcons in 2019. They had the 10th, 10th ranked uh, in points scored. And then in yards, they were 12th. Uh, and then in 2020, points goes up to fourth, yards second. Folks, that, that doesn't happen when you just run, run, pass. That's what everyone was saying like on social media. Oh, here we go. Run, run, pass, run, run, pass. I don't think you get those type of rankings by running, running, and then passing. Dave went into much further detail. Dave, you want to talk about that, you can. Uh, um, they did throw the ball.
0: I'll I'll mention a couple things that – you know, but probably not as much from what I did this morning. Go back and check that out. If you really want to get the numbers, fast forward to the second half. It took me a little bit to get there, but uh, I admit that. Uh, so the the biggest thing is that, that I almost didn't realize at first is his first year as OC, it started off with that kind of – they were still trying to see could they get anything out of Marcus Mariota until they realized they – couldn't and that's when they went to Tannehill and that's when everything took off but to to talk about something since that happened is after I I recorded uh the show last night I I saw my one friend very knowledgeable Tennessee Titans fan inside guy um really really knows his stuff honestly I I would talk to him last spring because if I felt like he was more talkative he was so knowledgeable. I thought he he would uh, he he could do podcasts about the Titans. He's he's that knowledgeable. He's just not he's just not a very talkative guy. But I went up to him and asked him, "Okay, tell me what you think of Arthur Smith." He's like, "I am so disappointed that the Titans couldn't get him back." He's like, "He gave Tennessee the best offense they have seen." in a very long time. And it hasn't been the same since he was gone. He's like, he spoke, you know, wonderful things about him. And, you know, it was almost half like, I'm kind of glad it didn't work out at Atlanta because it, it maybe gave us a chance to get him back. I mean, he went on and on about, about what he liked. And, and as I said, on my podcast, Derek Henry has only led the NFL that you talk about that. He's owned the NFL for all these years. There's only two seasons he led the NFL in rushing. And that was the two seasons where Arthur Smith, you know, was the, was the offensive coordinator. So God, you gotta remember Arthur Smith, he's going to deliver, you know, his his dad founded FedEx. He's going to deliver. But (laughs) the thing, the, the thing with Arthur Smith is Steelers fans looked at this opportunity to potentially change what the offense was doing. The hire of Arthur Smith, Isn't about change, you know, overhauling what the Steelers offense is trying to do. It was about taking what the Steelers do well and doing it better.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, I want to direct everyone that might be watching this on YouTube, maybe you're not, you're listening, go to either steelcurtainnetwork.com or go to our YouTube channel. Coach KT Smith did a video. I wrote an article that just kind of framed it a little bit. I didn't give analysis. But he did a video that ran on our YouTube channel today, Thursday, around 11 o'clock, all about Arthur Smith's running game. So he's breaking it down, running game and passing game. Passing game is going to come on Monday. Running game was published today. Go watch it. Now, here's my question. He definitely has a system. And everyone talks about system quarterbacks, especially like Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. Everyone's like, oh, system quarterback, system quarterback. Brian, I'm going to ask you this first. Let's say Arthur Smith does have a really good system. If he has a good system, do you think Kenny Pickett is good enough to be a really good quarterback as a system quarterback, or do you think that that ship's kind of sailed already? Now you know what it's. Uh, I'm just
2: going to talk about Mason Rudolph a second, and the reason <laughs> okay. I'm going to uh, and just go with me. The free Mason, agent, go ahead. Mason Rudolph of of 2019 was not the same guy of Mason Rudolph of 2023. Right, So, you know, I know this is a lot closer in time, but Kenny Pickett has basically been put on notice. And by Art Rooney, by Mike Tomlin, I mean, it, it's, it's safe to say. They said, hey, this is basically make or break for Kenny Pickett this year. You're going to see how Kenny Pickett grows. One thing we liked about Mason Rudolph this year is he had more patience. You know, you know, uh, he could he can get out of the pocket if he needs to, but he had more patience, and that was one of the biggest things, you know, plaguing Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett did not have the guidance. Uh, we'll see what kind of guidance he gets this year in year number three. I don't know if the the ship has sailed, but I think you're going to talk more about the ship sailing after season three, if it looks, if it looks bad, this is kind of a progression of a quarterback in the NFL. And this is something that they do. They I've, I fully expect this, the Pittsburgh Steelers to uh, give him an opportunity, but I'm not ruling out the fact that you're going to see a Kirk cousins or a Russell Wilson's or, or somebody else out, out there as well. If they get it for the right price, if they get that veteran, like we heard that that could be a possibility. You never know. The uh, Jeff Hartman talks about this all the time when we are talking about podcasting. He said one of the best, best uh, times to uh, experiment is the off season in podcasting. Well, yeah. it's a good time to experiment to see right now what's going to work, and bring bring guys in. And that's what the offseason is going to be for for the Pittsburgh Steelers as they figure it out. Is he going to be a system guy? I don't know, but he's a guy that knows how to learn. And he is not afraid to study and learn and work. And that's one of the things you're getting with Kenny Pickett that is going to be helpful.
1: Dave, what's your thoughts on that? And Kenny Pickett be potentially being a system quarterback that can see success... A la Brock Purdy, I know it's not the same system, but still.
0: Okay, I'm I'm going to go with a weird analogy here. Uh, they, the, Kenny Pickett, if to me, what moving forward with Arthur Smith, they they don't need him to be Rockaby baby. They need him to be to Humpty Dumpty. You can't just baby him along doing the same thing you've been doing. He kind of needs to be broken and see if all the king's horses, and all the king's men can put him back together. You, you gotta stop this this um duck and roll to the left right into a sack kind of stuff. There's certain things with Kenny Pickett that you you kind of just hope that you can shake you can just shake off from it. So I don't want him to just oh, let's just take keep taking Kenny Pickett the way he is and see if we can baby him along even more and maybe he can get up to a whole seven touchdowns in the season rather than six in 12 games. You know, we, that's not good enough. You, you, see if you, you know, maybe break him a little bit, get him back together. See, to me, I think Mason Rudolph was kind of broken a little bit and put back together for 2023. But the thing is, they didn't work with him, They kind of just left him. They, they, they the, the Kings horses and Kings men weren't working on it at all. It was he kind of had to go along his own as a number three QB and actually put the pieces back together and came out and played pretty well. I think Kenny Pickett just he has some things he can do, but if you're going to just come out and want him to do things the way he had or be the way that he was, I think we're going to find you know maybe he's just ends up going the path of a Marcus Mariota. But if you can kind of break some of those things that that uh, the previous. O.C. could not really, you know, mix one thing and amplify another. May, maybe you can get something more from Kenny Pickett. But I don't know that it would be doing it in just the same manner that it was before.
1: Yeah. It's time for Jeff's out of right field trivia. And it has to do with <laughs> Dave's analogy. Um, where did that nursery rhyme come from? Does anyone know? What's wrong? Humpty Dumpty.
2: Uh-oh it was a military thing was it from the revolutionary war no i've i've heard this but i don't remember so like the origin's of humpty dumpty but i right I, I so it's it
1: it, there's there's an area in uh there's a place in england i've i've been there seen it uh i can't tell you exact place again if my mom is watching live she probably could but uh there was a an individual there was like a, a canal that kind of ran through this town and they had bricks and like a wall of so that the water, water ran through And a guy created a bridge using wood with no nails. And all he did was mathematics and leverage and all the the points so that they didn't need any nails. Well, engineering
0: right there, baby. It is.
1: The (laughs) king came in and said, how did you do that? And he said, "Uh, I, I did this, this, this. And he told his men, I want you to tear it down and I want you to rebuild it. And they couldn't. So in all the King's horses and all the King's men couldn't put it back together again. So they actually had to put it back together using nails because they couldn't figure it out. And he refused to do it again. So there you go. Just trivia. Right. Wow, It's called yeah. the mathematical bridge is what it's yes. called. The mathematical bridge is pretty cool to see. Anyways. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Just right field trivia. Maybe that'll be a weekly thing. I don't know. Let's yeah. let's talk um, about um, what, what's up, Dave. I'm just going to ask what before we get on to the topic cuz we were talking about yeah. quarterbacks.
0: Something I saw out there that someone uh, pe- people were putting out there, oh, well, Kenny or Mason, either one of them, either way it would be the 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 worst quarterback in the in the AFC North. They really need to bring in Fields or Wilson. And I thought to myself, would either of them not be the worst quarterback in the AFC North either? Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, the only one that you could really think about would be, would they be better than Watson? I, I'm just asking <laughs> you guys, if, no, if I you know, really yeah. think those other options out there, really, because to me, it's not about having the best quarterback in the NFC North. I know quarterback play helps um, tremendous, you know, like Jeff talked about this week. It is the number one most important position in all of professional sports. I think you are correct with that. But I, I think that's just kind of where the Steelers are. I don't even know that there's an option out there um, unless Deshaun Watson keeps going the way he's going, which I kind of hope he does, uh, which we all do. Um, so that's just why I thought, dude, would you, or, you know, people were talking about those things being, being game changer, but I, I'm really not sure that they're that much
1: of an improvement. Well, I'm, The Steelers went five and one in the division this year, exactly.
0: Yeah, you said, Oh, (laughs) they got the worst quarterback in the division, (laughs) they went five and freaking one. And 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 as Brian said, the one loss was actually a win, yeah, because it brought brought the change that the Steelers needed. I heard you say that on Um, Here We Go One Week, there, Brian. So, yeah, I'm going to give you credit for that.
1: thank Thank you. Everyone would say, Oh, well, they didn't Lamar didn't play in the second Ravens game and Joe Burrow was hurt. Well, you know what? Then you should go five and one if that's the case. You mm-hmm. just wouldn't think you would lose to Dorian Thompson Robinson in Cleveland. That's all. Yeah. Um so, so they lost to the worst quarterback they faced all season. In the but Arizona. won because Matt Canada got fired. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good stuff. Let's move to the topic of today's discussion. And it's the title of this, and it's on this day. Because on this day, when we we're recording this live, February first, I still can't believe it's been fifteen years, but on this day, fifteen years ago, Super Bowl forty three, Pittsburgh Steelers, Arizona Cardinals, and Tampa, I think this is this is up there for at least top three in my opinion, Super Bowls of all time. I will go down on my I will die on the hill that James Harrison's interception, Pick six was the best play in Super Bowl history. I, I thought this was a phenomenal football game. I and mean, you think about even the Steelers going down when Larry Fitzgerald scores that touchdown, you're thinking, holy crap, they're gonna lose Ben Roethlisberger after the holding call on first on the first play. This isn't just about Super Bowl 43, but Dave, I'll let it go. Let's go, Brian, first. Brian, you go first. Yeah. What did you think about Super Bowl 43? What sticks out the most? Well you know, for me, we were having
2: uh, an intimate party at our house. Maybe about uh, three or four other families. Uh, my wife was expecting my uh, uh, my daughter at the time, um, so she was probably about six months along. And it was just uh, the whole night just seemed special. And then, then you kind of felt things slip a little bit when. Kurt Warner's making that run towards the end of halftime. And that play changed everything. I remember just gasping and screaming and being out of breath. And I wasn't as big as I was now, but I remember just being out of breath and running around and celebrating and wondering if they were going to go ahead and put the hands up and let that be a touchdown. Cause I didn't know whether he was down and I knew the clock was zero and the story about that um, that we could talk about, we'll talk about after Dave talks, probably on why the Steelers made the adjustment to do that is absolutely fantastic. It was a, a a phenomenal coaching move by Dick LeBeau and Mike Tomlin as well. But I just remember that being one of the most frenetic instances where I've I've watched television and watched the Steelers. And I, I felt like I was in a dream and watching magic.
1: It's a good way to put it, Dave. What about you? Super Bowl forty three. Everyone, all, all of us had kids around that time. By the way, yes. Dave, your daughter was how old? Let's see. She, she was less than a year old. Right. So was my son.
0: Um. Yeah, and because she was born the end of July.
2: And Man, my, that, was that was her in November. F-
0: yeah, so that was her first Super Bowl, <laughs> and mine and was ev- May. And yeah. and every night, I would I would have her go to sleep on me, sitting in my recliner in the living room. We were still trying to do that during the Super Bowl. My parents oh, were my here and everything, and she would not settle. And my wife's like, "You're too anxious." So she's like, I just got to take her and take care of her, and I'm like, okay, but I'm just like, but but it's going to be her first Super Bowl. Just imagine, her first Super Bowl of life would be a Steelers win, just like mine. Okay, so it ended up having just, but because it was such a different time of life, that's what made it made it kind of stand out. But that. You feel like as a Steelers fan, it was such a great game, but you have to admit, even if you aren't a fan of the Steelers, that was one of the most exciting finishes that yeah. that they've had. You know, that I mean, honestly, the only thing that I, I could say could really came down to the wire more or as much was the was the uh not handing the ball off to Marshawn Lynch into that Super Bowl. Um, I mean how many times does it really come down to, to, to the last minute? Maybe that's something I should look up.
1: Well, I, I can do, I remember this like it was yesterday. And I remember when Larry Fitzgerald scored, I looked at my brother and said, Holy crap. Are, are they going to be able to do this? Are they going to be able to do this? And so then there's the holding penalty on Justin Hartwig. And you're thinking, Oh my gosh. This backs up the drive. Are you kidding me? But that's after not long after they the, the, the holding penalty in the end zone end zone for safety, yes. yeah. And yeah. so he gets what well, I'm saying. For,
0: didn't didn't and then didn't yeah, never mind. Sorry.
1: So that that drive starts with a holding call, which yeah. negates, I believe, a, a completion, and they get backed that's up, pretty. and then they move down the field really quick. Ben hits Antonio for a little out, then he has the catch and run, and he gets in field goal range. And then I remember be thinking okay, they're in field goal range. We're fine. Like we're, we're we're not in danger of not having an opportunity to tie this thing up. And then it's, are they going to be able to score? But that first pass to San Antonio Holmes in the left corner of the end zone goes right oh. through his hands.
0: <laughs> I, I showed my daughter that, that play today. Not that one, the touchdown. And yeah. to set it up, I'm just like, okay, I'm showing you. There's this many seconds left. And everything else. This was your first Super Bowl, sweetheart. But you need to know that the play right before this, they they had a touchdown in the other in the, in, yeah. in the end of the, in the end zone closest to us on that side, and he dropped it. And she's like, "Okay, what happens now?" So and then, of course,
1: but then like it, then it's just, her first time seeing yeah. it was
0: just special.
1: So then, then they score, obviously. And if you remember, there's all this crazy like a controversy after the after it it was San Antonio Holmes remember he acted like he used the football as like a LeBron James with the talc powder and then threw it up in the air and I was like he used the ball as a prop which was a 15-yard penalty at the time and I'm thinking please don't call it they didn't call it and because everyone was just it was just bedlam and then did they score too quick and that, that forget- was my thing I was like I was more <laughs> worried that they scored the touchdown with
0: that much time left <laughs> then, then I'm like, or would they have been better off kicking it,
2: kicking it as time expired? To time, yeah. yeah, you know what's then, funny about that, though, guys. That's mm-hmm. uh the 38 second. I believe there was 38 seconds left on the clock. W- what was it? That back then was 38 so- seconds was a lot shorter, shorter amount of time as it is in today's NFL. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now you only need 15 yeah. seconds to kick a field goal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, it, it was. I, I just remember the you know obviously uh, Lamar Woodley is the one doesn't he that causes the uh the strip sack or the, the, the strip sack and, of and Kurt Kiesel Warner and Keysel recovers and that's it. And I just man that 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 game was a phenomenal football game and mm-hmm. it's up there like I said if people are ranking the best Super Bowls of all time and it's not in the top 5 then there's something crazy. seriously wrong with the list. And I'm okay. not saying that as a Steeler fan. I'm saying that as a football fan that's watched a lot of these things. People will go back to the Ice Bowl and stuff. I wasn't alive for that. I wasn't alive for the Super Bowls in the 70s. But for the Super Bowls that I've witnessed in my life, that is a top three. And by the way, rest in peace, John Madden. The last game he ever called was that Super Bowl.
2: True. Let, let me throw something out at you fellas here, too, because I would say that that is probably tied with. The John Candy drive of Super Bowl. What was that? 23? Or was that 22 or 23? I'm trying to remember. It's against I think the Bengals, 23. Right? The Bengals and uh 49ers. I think that is tied as one of the greatest drives of all time because you can consider that a fantastic drive, but there's not much that says that this is not the best drive of Super Bowl history.
1: So, okay, let's branch this out a little bit. So we could talk Super Bowl 43 until we're blue in the face because it was just that great of a game. I will say, because we're talking about memorable moments, the greatest game, the greatest Steelers game that I've ever witnessed and why it is so special to me is for a lot of reasons, was not a Super Bowl win. It was 2005 AFC Divisional win over the Peyton Manning-led Colts. Yes! <laughs> my dad, when we, when I met, when my dad came out for the holidays, we got talking about this. Actually, we were down in my brother's house in Richmond, and we the three of us were talking about this. And I said, to this day, that was the Super Bowl. Yeah. That year, in 2005, them beating the Colts, that was the Super Bowl. The AFC Championship against the Denver Broncos just kind of like fizzles out. You you just kind of knew they were going to win it, didn't you? The Super Bowl was just meh. Like that game against the Seattle Seahawks was just, yeah, there was a big play, a couple big plays, but other than that, it was really not a good game. It was that divisional game against the Colts, is still to this day the greatest game I've seen. And I will say a close second place. I was very young. AFC Championship game 1995. The heart attack at the end of that game, yeah. where oh, where Jim it's Harbaugh harbs. hit <laughs> the way other Wang Harbs. harbs. <laughs> way wait, wait, wait! Is he? Wait, it. no, that's not Where's Wang. Is he? he not
2: he's that's Knob Harbs. No, okay, or 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 is he, <laughs> I named him <laughs> or that a few or, weeks ago. <laughs> okay, I didn't so, know yeah. he
0: was
1: Big Wang and Little Wang. But that uh, 1995 game, that okay. ball hung in the air forever, and it goes up in the air, and that guy, it hits him right in the chest. He's laying on the three river stadium turf and it hits him right in the chest. And, and then... you see hard balls. You can read his lips. Oh,
0: I thought God. he caught it. <laughs> oh, y'all thought he caught it too. And Both I, against until, the Colts. The, until I saw the ref run in and do that. Yeah. I thought he got it.
1: So and go ahead, Brian. I mean, there I, I, was that's a, a dr- let's talk memorable moments. I,
2: I mean, think it was Quentin Car- Carriot that, uh, a that dropped a sure interception in that game too. Um, Wow that that was a crazy crazy game and are talking that, about
1: 95? 95? 95 95 yeah
2: so w- one of the things um, from both of those games I have some great memories uh the first one from 95 is the first time that I was I have ever had a champ the only time I've ever had a champagne shower and so Oh, what happened? Yeah, I, I was at a, uh, a friend's house who was actually Gehi. yeah. <laughs> well, that was the champagne room, and that's yeah, say, his friend's <laughs> name was Sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I so, love it. So, <laughs> anyways, so we got some sh- we got some champagne. I was at a Cowboys hou- fans' house that was having us over, and then we we're going to watch the the Cowboys uh, game after that. The, the NFC championship game. And so I didn't know that, I mean, I know we bought some champagne just in case, and I didn't know that they were going to pop it and pour it over my head. And that burns. <laughs> that I, My gosh, my eyes were burning, but I was so happy that I couldn't, I, the pain didn't matter because I couldn't believe what I was seeing after all those years and seeing that. Now, the, the other Colts game, I've talked about this before. I was living in Frostburg, Maryland. I know Dave's very familiar with Frostburg. And I was at Braddock Street apartments. And next door to me was the nicest 75-year-old woman. Um, her husband was a legendary coach in that area, and she uh she was my buddy. I actually took her to West Virginia Mountaineer Games. She was she she was my buddy. They would, I would be coming by and we'd be walking, and they're like. Here, bad's bringing a sugar mama because you know, like I mean, like I was I mean, we were just we were she was just a wonderful friend, and so I had a role because I'm very superstitious. I was going uh I was going uh an hour away to my girlfriend's house, who is now my wife, and then I would stay overnight and then I would drive the next day before every single game um in the playoffs. I, I did that the entire time. I wore the same Randall L jersey, I sat on the same spot and I, I could not be disturbed. And I made a pot of chili that day, and I took her some over. And then she came over right when the sacks happened. And it seemed like, uh, boy, the Steelers have won this game. They're going to go ahead and give the ball to Bettis and take it in. And she came over. She goes, I know I'm not supposed to come over yet, but uh, I think it's safe. I'm like, I don't know, Joanne. And as soon as that sweet little lady... Sat her, sat her behind on my recliner. Bettis fumbled, and I just stopped, like, no, 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 and tackled him. And she, this poor lady, white as a ghost. And I said, Joanne, I love you dearly, but you, you have to leave. You've <laughs> got to go. <laughs> you have to leave. And she goes, I understand. And then I felt bad. They won. I was so happy. I felt bad. I went over and I said, Look, I was out of line. I'm sorry. She goes, No. You don't mess with you don't mess with superstition and I knew better than that. So definitely definitely not. She ended up coming to my wedding and she passed away a few days later and I will always have that memory of uh of her being at, at my apartment for a little bit. Then I went and watched some of the uh NFC champion the NFC game that was on later on that day at in in her house. And it it was just it it was such a special thing. But I'm thinking, my God, what a jerk. I just kicked out a lady out of my house because of this. Um, One more footnote to the whole thing of that game. A couple months later, I got an opportunity. My dad and I, um, through an autograph vendor, had to go and pick up Veron Haynes at the airport. And take him to Cumberland, Maryland. And so it was, it was a long ride. And I was trying not to ask him questions. We were talking about everything under the sun. And he's like, you know, you guys, talk, we could talk about the Steelers if you want. I'm like, well, I didn't want to bug you on it. And uh, I said, all right, I'm going to ask you one question. In that Peyton Manning game, what did you guys know that no one else knew? They said, we just made sure the defense... Changed the changed the formation, of the play seconds before he snapped the ball, and we knew we could confuse Peyton Manning because he wouldn't have time to adjust. Wow! And we had him frazzled. And I thought, wow, well, that's amazing. That's awesome.
1: That's Andy
0: was story. rusty because he had rested in the final week of the
1: season and had a bot. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Dave? <laughs> Any memorable moments that we didn't mention, or that you want to oh, share? The, well,
0: well, the first Colts game, the 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 I guess it's Knobs Harbs was no, uh, game was uh, um, that was my senior year of high school, so that was just a, just a, a good interesting time. I'd never seen the Steelers in the Super Bowl, so that was that was pretty cool. But that whole that was at a time the 2005. That was at a time. Where I was doing everything I could to see Steeler games, but I wasn't living in an area where I got them. So a lot of times I was like following stats on a computer or something like that if I was around. Or I, I remember one time coming back after church, turning on the TV. And it wasn't supposed to be – and it was the Steelers-Bengals was on. And my college roommate slash extended brother-in-law was with me, and we just got so excited because we were actually going to get to watch the Steelers game. But that's what was special about that playoffs is I'm like, I can watch every one of these games. And that was a very fun, memorable run there, especially up to the Super Bowl. Um, But one of the people you're watching with was – I guess would be my – old college roommates, I guess would be ex-father in law. So that's so that kind of puts a little bit of damper on it. But uh it, that really got me going with, with with a bunch of different things. That the fact that you know I my first Steelers game I ever attended was the year before when when they went fifteen and one their, their uh the game where they wrapped up uh the number one seed in the in the AFC North. So but yeah those are the it was super exciting, and it's like, man, you really miss those playoff runs. I even think of 2016 being at a playoff game. It's the only—it's the only playoff win I've ever seen. It was my first playoff game watching the Steelers when they took on the Dolphins, and the excitement of that, the excitement of them winning the next week, despite not having any touchdowns, only the to, you know, and the hope that hey, I think they could maybe pull this off against the Patriots. I didn't feel like they were going to, like, oh, they're definitely going to win. But I'm like, you know what? They could come out here and pull this off. And then it unraveled very quickly. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But just the the excitement of a playoff run is just – there's nothing quite like it. And I get that's why Steelers fans are missing it so much.
1: I would be remiss before we take a break to not mention the 2008-2009 – AFC Championship Game, Troy oh. Polamalu's interception. That, that dude played out of his mind that game. Anyways, yes, my cousin was at that game, was in the upper deck, and as Troy crossed the the goal line into, as Brian would say, the touchdown zone, he said the upper deck was shaking at then Heinz Field, which would have scared the hell out of me, because <laughs> you know, sometimes you can be really up there and go, "Oh my gosh. Yeah. But that's there are these moments that we always will cling to. And it's really these moments, like you said, Dave, you hit the nail on the head. That's what we're longing for. We want those moments again. We haven't had those moments in a really long time. If I mean? could if I could say one more thing, uh,
2: you, you just said it's what we long for, and it is. And we, I could probably name 20, 30 other great moments, but oh, yeah. the one of the most special things about being a Steeler fan, and when you have one of those games, it's when your head hits the pillow and you close your eyes, and you're still reliving the highlights of that game in your head. And you, if somebody took a picture of you right at that moment, your eyes are closed, but you're smiling. Because those kind of wins, they fill you up. And talking about it right now makes us feel so awesome. And we had this little black and gold DeLorean where we just went back in time. And now I'm thinking about those moments. And the rest of my life, my night is ruined actually let's rephrase that the rest of my wife's night is ruined because <laughs> Downton Abbey is going off tv <laughs> and for my daughter the the shows that she's watching is going off tv and we're watching highlights yeah there you go there
1: you go all right so was a good trip down memory lane we're going to take a quick break when we come back we're going to talk about Steelers trivia stay tuned we'll be right back All right, Steeler fans, welcome back! Thank you for hanging around. Those are on the audio side, for those on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter, we didn't go anywhere. We do have a couple super chats to get to here. I want to bring up Amon J Singh gives us four ninety nine. Said so, was in Pittsburgh on this day fifteen years ago. The city was in absolute chaos after the catch. I bet it was. I bet it that was an unbelievably that's memorable cool. time. Yeah, that's very cool. And then Biggie Bronco gives us ten dollars. If the Denver Broncos will trade you Patrick Sertain for the second two first round draft picks, because that's what he's getting or one first round draft pick and Russell Wilson, but you got to take half of the money. Uh, that's, that's a tough proposition. I'm not giving up two firsts for certain, but Russell Wilson and certain for a first rounder, but you have to take some of the money. How much is some of the money? And Biggie yeah. Bronco gave us $10. Thank you. Biggie. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think I make that's a deal. A, that's a lot of money. It depends on how much is some money. So Omar right. is um, magic.
0: To me, I, I see what you could do in free agency first before you have to give a draft pick. Yeah, there's some there's some interesting corners in free agency as well.
1: That's true. Uh, I gave my trivia already. The right field trivia, uh, Brian. Mm-hmm. You have trivia tonight.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I do. I have uh, uh, I have two. So we brought up. Th- this is a homegrown trivia. We brought up a certain player. That uh, had some gaffes in Super Bowl 43, and that that player is Justin Hartwig. And now Justin Hartwig is uh, is kind of legendary here at um, Steel Curtain Network and the old Behind the Steel Curtain. Because he became so angered with one of our staff members, he called them an idiot. And it was one of Jeff's first acts, one of first acts as being the uh, editor. And Jeff, I know you know who this is. So this question is more for Dave and for everybody in the live chat. Which BTSC or SCN member was verbally attacked and called an idiot by Justin Hartwig?
0: Well, the well let's just if I'm a math person, I'm a numbers guy. So you're you're got to go with with the probability. So I'm going to say probability wise, the most likely person to have that happen,
2: I'm going with Tony DeFilippo. <laughs> <laughs> it is one Anthony deffio He's like, "You're an idiot." And I'm and like he he he's like <laughs> And then he emailed him again and called him an idiot again. I'm not apologizing. You're an idiot. And Tony was just talking about how how that was not the best offensive line in uh, in Steelers history, but they still oh, they, they won were, a championship. They were well, not. Hey, <laughs> were
1: Mike, Mike 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 Fraser, who he he wrote a, one article for us at Steel Curtain Network, but he used to be a regular at Behind the Steel Curtain. He was threatened by Bud Dupree to come and meet him at the Southside facility <laughs> to fight. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember. Jeff I did not own. know that. Yes. I hey, remember Jeff had his own, uh, uh, Lust in Jane experience. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Justin. I,
0: I he told had, me I, I know, was a moron.
1: I, and I didn't know what I was talking about. It I
0: actually ended amicable. <laughs> Do you remember mine? No. Someone didn't like the stats I
2: quoted of how
0: many touchdowns oh, they said they had surrendered. Um, and I no, said, pro football reference, that's their numbers, not mine.
2: Steven and, Nelson.
0: And everything. Right? That was Steven Nelson. Ah,
2: Steven Nelson. And then uh,
1: that.
2: Now, now we did have one player that um, I think this was when Jeff was first coming into that lauded the website and uh, was uh, we had mentioned this particular player. And he was very. He re- retweeted us and actually said some complimentary things about it. What player was that?
1: A, a player, like a current player, said they. No, no, them.
2: not a current player, but he was a current player at the time. Yeah. And this is in the last uh, ten years.
1: Hmm. I don't, I'm you don't remember a this. Want to blank on this one?
2: He is now a professional wrestler.
1: doesn't help me either
2: d'angelo williams oh did he i yeah. don't remember that yeah <laughs> i was not i was just coming in um okay but yeah d'angelo williams uh yeah. you know saw something that we wrote and uh and uh he retweeted it and and uh and uh thanked thanked us so th- that was really cool I've um, in this a long time brian i apologize <laughs> oh by the way isaac redmond went after shannon white too uh, he went recently. after him not after but oh. he, uh, he got mad at shannon
1: <laughs> well brett brett kiesel he gave shannon props since we changed yes! the award to the That's brett true. kiesel award so a yeah. little bit of kudos there but go ahead brian what's your other trivia
2: my other trivia it's it's kind of simple um who scored the first touchdown for the pittsburgh steelers in this game Super gary, Bowl 43
1: gary russell
2: it was Gary Russell. He was out of what university? Ah, oh, fudge. Um, Undrafted free agent.
1: He wasn't out of the U, was he?
2: He was out of the University of Minnesota.
1: Oh, that's not the U so I was talking
2: <laughs> When you look at three of the most prominent running backs to play in that game, and I would have to check on Moweldy. But three of the dominant running backs to play in that game for the Steelers would be Kerry Davis at fullback. You had Willie Parker and you had Gary Russell. And I'm not sure about Maweldi Moore, but those three were not drafted. I believe Maweldi was drafted. But Here, I'll that's let you pretty, know in
0: just a second.
2: That's pretty amazing to think that you mm-hmm. had most of your running backs were undrafted free agents.
0: Moeldy Moore was a fourth round draft pick of the Minnesota Vikings in 2004. Out of of Tulane. Oh, okay. Never would have guessed that. Moeldy J.M. Kaderi Moore.
2: (laughs) And there was a very prominent first rounder who was on injured reserve at that time. He was there and he's kind of infamous now. it It is Mendy. Yep. Yeah.
1: And uh, uh, the Illinois Illini. Yes. yes. First round draft pick. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Oh, he was, he was tough in college.
1: Good stuff. I love that trivia. That's the stuff I like. Okay, Dave, what's your turn?
0: Well, before I get into trivia, I do have to give a shout out to one other really memorable, exciting game. It was anytime the, the Steelers beat the Ravens in the playoffs. Uh, it's great. So, when you you know going back to the 2010 season in the wild card round, when the Steelers were down 21 to seven at halftime and then fought back, that was the infamous Antonio Brown helmet catch. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that 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 was a pretty good one. Uh, and Mendenhall Hall bookended that bookended that game with touchdowns. He started it because the Steelers went up seven nothing, then went down 21 to seven, and then ended up winning 31 uh, 24. Uh, I'm not trying to uh, be
2: correcty e. correctorson, but that was a divisional game. No, that was not, not a wild sure. card That was
0: no, not was, a wild okay. card game.
1: Sorry. It was the Steelers' first
0: game.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Of of the playoff. That they game. beat the they beat the Jets that year in the AFC Championship game at home. Yes. Correct? Yes. yes.
0: That yeah. That was the name It is it wasn't a divisional game, yeah. Which was flipped. Was the Steelers, the,
1: the Steelers brought to a huge lead and then let them come back into the game. And it was an Antonio Brown third down completion when Rex Ryan threw a little baby fit and threw his headset or his headset on the sideline. And I thought that was hysterical. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So, all right,
0: on on the trivia. The first thing is, I was I was asked something today on on Twixter. Um, someone reached out to me, asked send me a message because it was actually something that was brought up on um, Jeff's good buddies podcast. Uh, Chris Carter, they were talking about this, and he asked me, and, and and I got it right away once I clarified what the actual question was. And I was just wondering if you guys knew this off the top of your head before I get into a better question, and that was. When was the last time the Steelers drafted offensive linemen back to back?
1: So back to back linemen as in round one, round two?
0: Yes, yeah. Because that's what I had to clarify. I'm like, do you mean like a lineman it you know in the first round of back-to-back drafts? and they said no, back to back picks where they picked in a single draft two in a row.
2: Okay, well, Jeff, if I have one that's in my head, but it might not be uh
1: Go ahead. It might know. not
2: be correct here, but I do know when there was a one and two situation, it was the DeCastro-Mike Adams year. That and I, definitely is one. That's definitely one but of it's them. it's not the
0: most, it's actually not the most recent, though.
1: Hello? Who
2: was second-round pick after Pouncy? Pouncy was 2010. Okay, no, it wasn't
1: Gilbert was 11.
2: Yeah, Gilbert was 11, and then so Hayward was there. And then in 11, I think they went corners in three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, this is great. Was it a, close to the top of the draft, or are we looking middle rounds? Uh, can I ask? I'll that? even
0: get more specific. They weren't drafted on the same day. but they were back to back. Okay,
2: then it would be Kendrick Green, um third and then Dan Moore Jr. Yeah. was fourth and that was a Friday going into Saturday. Yeah, that
0: that was the answer. Is that it was Green and Moore. They were back to back offensive okay.
2: linemen of picks.
0: So, yeah. So that was the I, I got that one pretty quick, but I was just curious if 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 you guys thought that one as well. So, now I'm going to go with the more general NFL question. And that is As much as we don't want to think about it or talk about it, we did just have the AFC and NFC Championship games. And um, unfortunately, you know, Jeff called some sideshow, Bob, but no. uh, Props out to Patrick Mahomes, who played in his sixth straight AFC Championship game. He is one of only six players since 1970. I'm going back, back that far because... That's when you could actually uh, filter out when quarterbacks were starting and whatnot. That was a starting quarterback. Um, you Wait, know, oh, I missed what I said so far. Uh, there, there are six players so far in the NFL since 1970 that were starting quarterbacks in at least six conference championship games. Can you name the other five other than Patrick Mahomes?
1: So in the it's so a total, not in a row. Total. Yeah, just total. Was uh the first TB12 one of them? Yes, Terry Bradshaw was in six.
2: would have to be, and of course the other TB12.
1: Yes,
0: I don't know which TB12. Which I'm talking
2: about. Uh, Tom uh, Terry and Bradshaw Tom and
0: yeah, Tom Brady, Brady and uh, and Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw. The
2: real TB12 yeah. is the blonde bomber, though. Um, yes, right. absolutely, Joe
0: Montana. Joe, Joe Montana was in seven. That's correct. He's he's second with seven. Elway. Elway was in six. So that's, you're missing one.
1: What Jim Kelly. Kelly? Yeah, I was gonna Jim say. Kelly was
0: five. There's Whoa. a lot of them at five. There's a lot at five.
1: No, he's not six, but how many did Marino have? Marino? Uh,
0: three.
1: It's got to be I Peyton, Peyton Manning then. Peyton Manning? Five.
2: Oh. Wow.
0: Same as one Benjamin Todd Rolfesberger.
2: Okay, I'm loving
0: this. Uh Roger Staubach. Roger Staubach is the other one that had six. Yes. Mm. So it was uh, Staubach, Bradshaw, Elway, and Mahomes with six. Montana with seven. And Tom Brady with?
2: Eleven?
1: Fourteen. Fourteen. Oh, my There's... gosh. Are you kidding me? He's played in 14 conference championship how many? Did,
0: how many did he have in a row? <sighs>
2: well... Um it definitely wasn't 2008. So nope. um if you're looking at I would probably say 2001 to 3 4 but it wouldn't have been 5. I'm gonna say, I
1: was going to say 4.
2: So I think 4 was the most he would have had in a row. He
0: had 8. Oh man. 8 in a row from 2011 through 2018. But you know who ended that streak? That would be Arthur Smith's offense of the Tennessee Titans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love it. Very good. All right. let right, This has been a good show. Let's do some final thoughts. Brian, go ahead.
2: All right. I have, uh, I have a couple final thoughts. Um, one's going to be quick. I'm just going to say this real quick. We talked about Arthur Smith at the beginning of the show. Um, A lot of concern with the fact that the Atlanta Falcons weren't that good. I'm sure this is not an original thought, but I'm going to throw this out there once again. Who is the most revered assistant coach in Pittsburgh Steelers history? And it would have to be Dick LeBeau. Terrible head coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Just uh, did not get things done. But that's why I've always said I would not have a problem seeing assistant coaches. I love that they have assistant coach of the year now but i would not have a problem seeing an assistant coach wing in the hall of fame really wouldn't um but as far as everything else goes i want to go back to super bowl 43 and this is kind of trivia but if you were a arizona cardinals fan when the cardinals took a three point lead and larry fitzgerald crossed the end zone something happened if you were in the tucson arizona area do you know what that was that interrupted that game with 2 minutes and 37 seconds left and the cardinals had a chance to win that game a scheduled blackout it was not a scheduled blackout it was a uh, a hacking and a uh, a Cox Tucson um, Comcast employee wanted to get some revenge on the area. Thirty-six year old man with the last name of Gonzalez decided that he would hack into it. And family members, friends, kids everywhere, grandfathers, mothers, everybody watching this game as Fitzgerald was mod by teammates. All of a sudden, their TV screens flickered. And it cut to a man in a half-unbuttoned shirt leaning back on a couch and a woman in a pink tank top unzipping his pants. Yes, this man went ahead and hacked their Super Bowl moment as soon as their team got the lead. So, why am I bringing that up? Could you imagine, Yinzers, if that would have happened in that Super Bowl when Ben was going back to pass? And Santonio Holmes is going out for that winning catch, and all of a sudden you just heard my gosh, boom chuckle, wow, wow. That would have been bad. And so <laughs> insult to injury. The Cardinals lose the game. And there was porn on your television.
1: <laughs> did they ever did they get it? I'm sure the the hack. Did not last long.
2: Oh, it was 13 seconds, but it was long enough, and uh enough. Mr. <laughs> Gonzalez was said. arrested. <laughs> <laughs> the pink top tank top girl was named Sapphire.
1: Of course. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, good luck. All right, we're that we're, up. we're we're off the rails.
0: Um since I mentioned you know the the, the Arthur Smith taking down uh, you know the Arthur Smith offensively offensive of the Tennessee Titans taking down the Patriots, someone mentioned in the live chat that yeah, that was Tom Brady's last game in New England. Do you guys remember what Tom Brady's last pass was in New England? Interception. Oh, not just an interception. pick six. That was a pick six by Logan Ryan to then because the, Tennessee was up one point. And then that they went for two, didn't get it. They ended up winning by seven. Anyway, closing thoughts, final thoughts, Brian. That was some good stuff. Hey, keep it up, live chat. Keep it up, listeners. We're this is going to be us rolling through the off season. Hey, we we we've got to have fun no matter what. So we're going to roll with it. So that's about all I have to say about that. Jeff,
1: love it. That's awesome. Make sure you check out all of our content at steelcurtainnetwork.com. Also, make sure that you're checking out all of our audio-only podcasts like Brian's Bad Language, Dave Stadkeek This Morning, My Let's Ride every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You don't want to miss any of it. Find us wherever you get your podcast by searching Steelers or Steel Curtain Network. We do appreciate all the support. All right, gentlemen, another good show in the books. Next week, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl. That'll be a lot of fun. In the meantime, Dave, why don't you send us out?
0: Hey.
1: We'll see you next week.
2: Get it.
0: Everybody else gets a little tight.